Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking to UFC Bantamweight Cody Stamen. He's coming off a victory over Tom Duke and Y at UFC 216. He's looking to get in that top 15 and he wants to become a household name in the UFC Bantamweight division. And then we're going to be joined by UFC featherweight Alex Volkanovsky. He's taking on Humberto Bandanai at UFC Sydney, Australia. Now it's funny because... I spoke with him the day before that fight was announced, but he still made his intentions pretty clear. So I'm excited for you guys to hear my talk with Alex Volkanovsky. And then we're joined by one of the brightest prospects in the lightweight division. I'm talking about Brandon Behemoth Langana. This is a kid that's coming off back-to-back victories over UFC veteran Clay Harrison, Bellator veteran Joe Elmore, and now he's looking to get his shot in the big show. He's represented by the same people as UFC featherweight champion Max Bless Holloway. I'm talking about Sucker Punch Entertainment. So we're going to talk to Brandon Behemoth Langano. And last but not least, Damian Whitehead. He's been on Half the Battle before. He's a longtime friend of the show. He's actually the brother of Jamar the Rockstar Whitehead. And Damian's coming off the biggest win of his career. We had an incredible talk about overcoming adversity, bouncing back, perseverance. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. But first up, Cody Stamen, here we go. Cody Stamen, you're on Half the Battle with Dan and Shaq. How's it going, man? Great, man. How are you? Doing incredible, man. Thanks for taking the time. Of course. So, man, you're coming off the unbelievable victory. You know, we spoke to you beforehand. You said you were going to go out there, derail the hype train of Tom Duke and Wah, and I mean, that guy's a warrior. You went out there and did your thing, man. Were you satisfied with the performance? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I felt like I had more to give, of course, you know, there's always things I feel like I can improve on, but, uh, yeah, you know, I was, I was happy to go out there and get the win against the Cup Valley Town. And, uh, Cody, you know, I have to thank you once again. You know, I told you I bet on you in your UFC debut, and I also bet on you uh, against Tom. And uh, you came through, which you are uh, known for. But um, that fight was a, a, a tough fight, man. You went through adversity in that first round. It seemed like he was, you know, getting off a little bit on the high kicks. But I, I felt like you were making your presence known even though uh, in that first round. Um, and then the second and third, man, I mean, you completely uh, showed why you are a step above him now. With that win over a guy like him, I mean, who in that top 15 do you want next? Uh, well, you know, I'll take anybody. I'll take anybody in the top 15. Tonight is a guy that I feel like uh, is a good or bad matchup for me. Um, you know, I just want to get in there and, and I want to keep moving up. You know, I mean, these guys, uh, these guys, I don't probably still maybe don't know who I am, but, you know, if I go take out a big name guy, uh, now, Cody, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, and I bet it's pretty annoying, but I have to ask you anyways because I was watching the fight. There were moments in that fight when you were looking up at the clock. Now, was that strategic? Were you trying to time certain things, or were you genuinely curious how much time was left? Uh, there were a couple times that I was just, my foreman literally telling me what, what was going on with the time, and I was just curious how much time I had. Uh... Uh, but I mean, the, the, the game plan was never to like shoot at a certain time or, you know, just take whatever opportunity Tom gave me. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm always curious. I do the same thing when I spar. Uh, I, I always check the clock to see how much time I have left. And I don't know if it's like a habitual thing. You know, it's not like a, I wasn't fatigued. There was no point in that fight where I felt like I was tired. Well, nothing like that. I just, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I have known how much time going on. And, you know, in your debut, you had mentioned that uh, against Terry and Ware, when you got on top, 
you felt that you were, you know, just holding on, you know, for position. But in this fight, we saw you bust Ukunwa up pretty bad in that second round. And, I mean, what was so impressive in that third round, you completely beat him on the feet in every exchange. I mean, uh, do you think it was more of a case where you felt like Dukunwa was maybe getting a little discouraged that he couldn't finish you in that first round? Or do you just think that uh, your pressure was too much for him? Uh, I, I think my pressure was too much for him. Uh, you know, he wasn't used to a guy being able to take his shots and just keep coming forward and coming after him. And, uh, you know, he never really been taken down. And, like I said before, you know, like I told you guys, I feel like he never really fought for me. That was a sweet of fire as I am. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I keep fought guys that were good grapplers, fought guys that are good shakers, but he never fought somebody that could do both and do both well. And, uh, you know, that's why, I, you know, I knew going into the fight that, you know, I was going to dictate where the fight went. And, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I, I could beat him anywhere I wanted to. Look, Cody, I respect anyone that steps inside the UFC's octagon, let alone any cage. But there's winners and there's losers. There's guys that alternate wins and losses. And then there's the guys who are consistent winners. You're a consistent winner. Where does that winner's mindset come from? Uh, you know, I just, I just look at every single fight like, uh, you know, I'm fighting for my life, honestly. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I kind of had that, I had that, uh, had that, like, that calm demeanor, you know, come into a fight, like, uh, you know, I don't get all amped up, I'm not one of those guys that's, like, pacing around the corner in the locker room, and I'm pretty chill, I could have a conversation with you the same way I'm having a conversation with you right now before I go on and fight, but, uh, you know, I think my competitive nature just comes from, uh, you know, years and years and years of being, uh, uh, you know, a an athlete, you know, I, I played like four or five sports growing up, you know, consistently my whole life. So, uh, you know, I kind of got to know what what works best for me, uh, you know, getting me mentally and physically ready for uh, for any any really really any kind of competition. And you know, like when I get in the cage, uh, you know, I like to know, I like to know, and I'm biased. Yes, yes, you won that round. No, you didn't win that round. Uh, you know, because I'm the kind of guy I have the gas tank that, you know, if I feel like I lost rounds. Uh, you know, I'll come out that next round and, and go, you know, three times hard, and that's kind of what you saw in that fight. Uh, you know, my coordinator told me, you know, that first round was really close. Um, you guys go out and win the next few rounds, and that, you know, kind of changed, it kind of changed my mentality. You know, going to that second round, I felt like I had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit, not like desperation, but I really, really had to, I knew I had to push. And I expect him to come out in that second round and uh Cody, you know you know, obviously before the fight, you know, Tom's the number one uh bantamweight in Europe. He's uh, a model, he's got a lot of things going for him and you know, you take that spot. But even before the fight, man, you know, even though I felt like you weren't getting all the respect you deserved, you were getting some pretty uh, good uh, comparisons. I mean, Sean Shelby was comparing you to Jimmy Rivera, saying that he really thinks that you could uh, fight in the top 10 right now. And, uh, I mean, do you think uh, just more and more performances are going to get you that, you know, get you that big name? Or do you just think uh, it's a, do you think you kind of need a, need a push from, you know, the UFC brass? Uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, I I think I can get any fight I want right now. Really, I mean, well, I think it's down to you know how, how I market this the next, you know, couple months. Um, you know, if I if I really want to fight somebody in the top ten, if I want to fight a big name guy, I know all I have to do getting rank fourteen is just call that dude out. You know, talk about his mom, I talk about whatever. You know what I mean? 
Like, uh, you know, there, there, are, there are ways to get fights um, outside of just, uh, you know, you know, being the next guy. And you know, I'm a few of guys kind of proactive in my career, and I'm kind of deciding who I fight and, you know, kind of who I go after. Um, you know, that's something that I talk to with my management, and, you know, we're still kind of in the, in the uh, you know, the, the uh, kind of like the trial phase of, you know, who I think I should fight next. Uh, those of you guys I have in mind, you guys they have in mind, and we're going to go from there. I'm really, you know, I think I'm, I'm not necessarily going to pick my next fight, but, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to, you know, tug, tug on a few guys' tails, see if I can uh, get them to want to fight, make them match, make their job a little easier. Do you care to share uh, who you want next? Uh, no, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, you know, there's quite a few guys, you know, but, uh, a couple of guys that have, have fights coming up, um, you know, I, there's a couple guys in the top ten that I really feel like, you know, don't really belong there anymore. Um, but no, I'm not supposed to say anything, you know, not for, uh, not for another couple of weeks. And so, uh, you know, the, the kind of, this, this is all settled, uh, with this fight, you know, then I'll, then I'll start talking about it. But bottom line, you feel like you're ready to go in there with the Tomas Almeidas and the Jimmy Riveras of the world, right? You don't think you need to fight a, a Haniyaya first yet, right? No, I mean, I, I, I fought, I fought uh, you know, 17 professional fights. You know, uh, I could have easily been in the UFC two years ago, and I, you know what I mean? And I could have five fights in the UFC. You know, a lot of the guys that I fought coming into the show, you know, are pretty elite, too. Uh, you know, good records, and, you know, you know tough, tough guys. Like uh, Detroit, the Detroit fighters have. I mean, they've been they've been uh, you know showing good things. I mean, you. I felt like Kevin Lee had a great performance, even though he didn't get the win. I felt like he fought admirably. You got Bobby Nash, Jared Brooks, uh, Darren Crookshank just got a win. And I mean, uh, it just seems like uh, you guys from Detroit are just doing big things right now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been that for a long time. You got Detroit fighters have, have long been uh, you know really, really tough dudes. In the sport, you know, Thomas Hearns and Joe Lewis's and, you know, and that's just a few of the names, you know what I mean? Like, first for the staple in, like, the boxing community and, you know, someday it'll be the staple in the MMA community. You just gotta keep winning. You know what I mean? Keep training together, keep picking each other up and, and getting better and, you know, take over. So, Cody, after your fight with Duke and Wall, man, it was a split decision. Did you know without a shadow of a doubt that you won that fight? Oh, yeah, I knew when that fight was over, as soon as the fight was over, I knew that I won. You know what I mean? I felt like I easily won those last two rounds. The first round was close. Uh, significant strikes were pretty close, and I had a couple of takedowns. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what people were judging, you know, knowing that I was younger dog. Basically means you really got to go out there and make a statement in Vegas. But, uh, yeah, I don't mean... The split decision, like, the fact that it was a split decision, uh, I was... Uh, like what in the hell is going on? You know what I mean? I've had that. I've had that. You know, my world professional walk over the top for a decision like that. A fight that you know, I think everybody thought I won. I coached were all pretty confident. You know what I mean? Like, 
And then the same thing, you know, the man, do, please do not, you know, do not ask me again. That's what they always think about. with like, man, am I going to have to go through this whole stage again? Uh, you know, in that last judge at uh, 30-27, I was like, well, there's absolutely no way on God's earth that he won all three rounds. So that's got to be clean and how he was. So, I mean, did anything surprise you in there with Duke and Juan? The reason I ask, man, is because this kid's got a reputation for being a wild man. I mean, he knocks dudes out with elbows. He knocks dudes out with flying knees, spinning kicks. I mean, did anything surprise you in there? No, no. I mean, uh, I kind of felt like I shut down a lot of his offense. He never really got, he maybe got two or three elbows and knees off in that whole, uh, in the whole fight. I mean, uh. I never really let him get into that plan, so I took him out of his game, I backed him up. Um, I don't think he knew what to do when I was doing that stuff. Um, cause I think he was, he was just kind of, he was hoping to fight his fight, and I, I made him fight mine. Um, and, I, and I don't really see anybody else doing that to him. Uh, so, yeah, no, nothing really surprised me. I actually thought he would, uh, he would push a little bit harder in those last rounds, but I think I got him a couple good body shots that really slowed him down. Uh, Cody, how was that weight cut to 135 this time? Dude, I, honestly, the weight cut was the best weight cut I've ever had. I got down to, like, 146 pounds. Um, and then, uh, you know, just cut the rest in water weight, and I, I never get that low. I usually have cut a lot more than that. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm starting to really dial things in, you know, being that, you know, fighting my only gig now. Uh, you know, I'm a lot more dedicated to focus on this. And the weight cut should just keep getting easier. So, man, I mean, are you thinking about taking one more fight this year? Are you done for the year or what? Uh, I've considered fighting December 30th. Um, you know, there's a, there's a fight uh, December 9th, Brian Carraway and Luke Connors. One of those guys gets hurt. I'm probably going to try to you know, jump on that. Those are both guys that are ranked high and are well-known. Uh, Carraway preferably be the one that's, that's healthy and guy I could potentially fight, but, yeah, I mean, I want to get another one. You know, I'm it's, really healthy. sorry to cut you off, bro, it's funny you bring that up, because it, it's Caraway, the one that's known for pulling out a lot. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is known for pulling out. Um, yeah, I don't know, I mean, that guy, that's one guy, you know, I feel like if he didn't have a fight, uh, I would have already called him out. That's the guy I definitely would have already been trying to fight, because, you know, I don't necessarily think he's going to the top 10 anymore, you know, he's just, he just doesn't fight I just don't know how he's still there. And uh, I'd like to open that face up for put my name in there. For sure, man. And, uh, I mean, I hope you start getting these fights like that because I feel like you would go out there and rise to the occasion and, and beat a guy like Caraway who's kind of one foot in, one foot out, never really knows his, uh, where he's at in this sport right now. But, um, you know, I, I'm looking for you to fight a guy like, you know, a Thomas Almeida or like a Hani Yaya. Get that first big name under your uh, resume. You know, Dukunwa is a big name in Europe, but, uh, you know, when you fight a guy like Almeida, it's like everyone knows who he is. No, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, that's, a, that's, that's something that, uh, that we talked about with my management. Um, you know, it's I think they, they definitely want me to fight a big game. I, I don't know who it's going to be, but, uh, you know, I kind of imagine that fight's going to be a pretty mainstream dude. I just want to renegotiate my contract and some more money. 
Good, good idea. Well, Cody, look, man, I don't ask every guy that I interview on the show these kind of questions, but like we mentioned earlier, you know, some guys, they alternate wins and losses. Some guys are happy to be there. You're a true winner, right? So I only ask guys like Jimmy Rivera this or James Vick. So I'm going to ask you this, man. Do you think uh, this time next year you're going to be a UFC world champion? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's always been my goal. Uh, you know, I, I never really set my goal to be, like, in the UFC uh, I've always kind of known I was in the, I was gonna be in the show, uh, you know, based on you know how, how much dedication I had to the sport. Um, I definitely think I'm gonna be a champ, uh, whether it's within a year, or within two years. Uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the what the time frame is. I I uh, I gave myself a time frame to get in the UFC, and I'm about two years behind right now. Uh, so I got some time to make up, you know. I got some, I got some bucks to kick. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay active. I'm not gonna, you know, sit, sit on the bench for uh, twelve months and get, you know, for six months and get fat and, uh, you know, kind of be content with, with where I am as an athlete. You know, I want to, I want to be, I want to be a household name in, in my division. So, uh, you know, I still got, I still got more work to do. I got more people to beat. And uh, yeah, let's see if we take out somebody in the top ten here soon. Do you feel the love from the matchmakers, man? Because like Shaq said earlier, on that preview video for the last card, Sean Shelby compared you to the number one contender, Jimmy Rivera. You know, Jimmy Rivera's a guy, he's like, what, 22-1, and one, a crazy record like that. He's about to fight Dominic Cruz. So when you're getting comparisons like that on only your second UFC fight, I mean, do you feel the love and the appreciation from the matchmakers? Yeah, you know, I think I think Sean Shelby realized that you know I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be more of me guys uh, in the division, and I'm serious. You know, I'm, I'm a guy that can fight anywhere. You know, and I I really uh, appreciate the fact that he's one guy you really want to impress, Sean Shelby. So you know, to hear him say that stuff, you know, it means it means a lot. Well, Cody, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure. Congrats again on the win, man. Uh, let the fans know where they can follow you and any message for them. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at uh, Cody Shannon, my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been telling the fans that, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm the next superstar of family, and, uh, Joining me now is top UFC featherweight prospect Alexander Volkanovsky. Alex, welcome back to Half the Battle. How are you, mate? It's good to be back. Oh man, the pleasure's all mine. How are you? Uh, very good, very good. Training camp's going good, weight's going good, and just ready to get in there and do my thing. Well, you say training camp's going real good, but you just got a quick switch up. I heard that Jeremy Kennedy unfortunately pulled out of the fight. So who are you fighting now? Uh, we're still waiting. We're still waiting because um, obviously Sean Shelby was busy with the UFC 217, so he's getting back to us now. But um, I'm definitely going to be on on the card anyway, but we'll see you there for a year. It's a bit unfortunate. You know, I was looking forward to uh, the fight with uh, Jeremy. You know, he was a, a top prospect as well. I know a lot of people were interested in seeing how that was going to go down. So, you know, it's unfortunate for that. But hopefully, you know, you never know. Hopefully they get me a, a ranked opponent or, or, you know, a name or something like that. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be happy either way. But we'll see what happens. But bottom line, you're fighting in Australia. Yes, definitely. So, real quick, you know, we're going to move away from the Jeremy Kennedy fight here in a second. But I just wanted to 
Talk to you about the matchup because it's so intriguing. You know, he's one of these tall, lean featherweights. You're short and stocky. You're a powerhouse. He likes to, you know, win the pretty decisions. What was your opinion of that matchup, man? I was, um, yeah, I was, I was happy with the matchup. Uh, again, he's a grinder, so he's a really bad matchup for um, a lot of people in our division. But uh, for me, I just think I was, I was a bad matchup for him. He's a style, you know, where he's most comfortable and where he likes to, you know, tire people out and, and grind them out is where I'm most comfortable, and I don't get tired in, you know, in the clinch and, and things like that. Because he, you know, he'll once he grabs a hold, that's it. He does not let go. You try and get up, he'll just keep you know, raking you back down and things like that. But me, with my little midget, uh, midget legs, I can get up pretty easily. You know what I mean? So I just think I was a bad matchup for him. And you know, even though I think he would have had trouble getting me down, you know, I still think that even if he did, I'll get straight back up. And then he has to worry about my power, and I still thought that, you know, I'd be too strong for him on the ground anyway. But, I mean, I just thought I was a bad matchup for him. I just think, um, yeah, again, like like I said, I know that, I know his style is very hard for, you know, your strikers and, and stuff that just can't handle the pressure, but that's that's my world. When you visualize it, I mean, were you thinking a knockout? Were you thinking a three-round sprawl and brawl? I mean, uh, I thought it was going to be a knockout. I thought just, yeah, because I, I knew he's most comfortable clinching and i think he he was saying he was going to set the pace and try and grind me out but that just wouldn't have worked and i you know i just reckon i would have seen it would have gassed himself out trying to hold me down again i don't get tired there i could do that all day i I train with people twice his weight you know twice as strong and i'm very comfortable i do shark tanks a minute each with you know i could do that for like 30 minutes on the wall because i'm very comfortable on the wall and on the ground that stuff doesn't gas me out so I was really preparing for that, you know, just I was putting myself in, you know, in wars, getting ready for him, but, you know, it's not happening now, but either way, you know, I like to stay 100% fit anyway, so I'll still be grinding and and getting uh, prepared for whoever they put in front of me. So your last fight, you took on Mizuto Hirota, and obviously it was a a domination, but I got to ask you this, man, because look, on your regional scene fights, you know, when you're fighting guys like Malarkey, you hit them one time with your hardest shot, and they go down. But with Mizuto Hirota, he took your hardest shot. He kept coming back up. He kept trying to fight. Was that kind of like a unique experience for you? Yeah, it definitely was. You know, he obviously had a chin. I mean, I've, and I've had a, you know what, I've had an experience with a few Japanese fighters. I've fought a few of them, and they've always had good chins. Even my first fight against uh, uh, Kazuya, uh, you know, I had him, I was landing some big bombs, ground and pound, and, you know, I couldn't put him out. The ref had to stop it, otherwise I would have just kept pounding him. I don't know, they got they got some good chins, but, yeah, Mizuto's chin was insane. And, and the, the thing is, with um, I'm usually very persistent. If I get someone hurt, I'll go until the ref has to stop it, or, I'll, you know, I'll finish him myself. But I was, uh, I don't know if you heard, but I was a pretty crook running into that that fight. So I had, uh, you know, staph infections a week. You know, the day before the weigh-in, I just finished my antibiotics. Um, Just, you know, I had the flu the week before that. So my last two weeks was just a nightmare of a, of a, you know, a part of the the, that part of the training camp. So I was like a bit worried that I was going to gas. So when I had him hurt, I tried to finish, but at the same time, I was worried I was going to gas. So I started, you know put the foot off the pedal a little bit and um, just thought, all right, that chance is gone. I'll, I'll wait for another because I didn't want to gas because I know Mizuto, he's a grinder himself and you know, he's a pressure fighter and I knew that he would just keep coming. So I just thought, all right, you know, i gotta, I got to hold uh, some of my energy and, uh, yeah, fought a bit smarter because I knew I had to. 
how do you stay poised out there in moments like that? Because for a lot of guys, if you know they have someone hurt, you hit them with their hardest shot, and they're still coming forward. A lot of guys get discouraged. For you, you know, you just kept hitting him for the rest of the fight. Yeah, well, that's it. Like I said, that's my world. Uh, you know, these people that want to walk forward. Um, you know, I'm not really going to be put on the back foot. <laughs> I'm going to throw bombs straight back at you. So uh, it's just there. Yeah, it's just how it's going to be for me. You know, if someone wants to try and come forward to me, you know, they're doing half the work for me. You know, I want to put that uh, these fists in their, in their chin. And <laughs> if they're walking forward, they're doing half the job for me. So I know you get asked this question a lot, and it's probably really annoying, but I got to ask you, man, because look, you're having a ton of success at 145 pounds. A lot of people say you could drop to 35. I've heard you say that also. I mean, what's your opinion on it, man? I mean, are you trying to just stay here at 45, keep racking up the wins, or do you eventually want to make that move down? No, I'll stay at 145, you know, especially, you know, look at the things that we're seeing now, like just uh, with you, we're seeing people miss main events. We're seeing all, you know, so much things happening with weight cutting. You're seeing like people collapsing with Mizuta, my last opponent. You know, he, he couldn't even fight because he was, you know, cutting too much weight and, and things like that. So it's starting to be a, a bit of a trend now where where people are starting to move up in weight divisions. Like you got your Robert Whitaker, where he went up to middleweight. Now he's, you know, he's undefeated. He's a champion, you know, and, and things like that. So interim t- champion, sorry. So I just feel that, you know, there's no point me uh, cutting weight. You know, I reckon I could make it, but I'm not going to put myself through that much, you know, yeah, through you know, close to death just to make it, and then and then try and fight. I make a featherweight pretty uh, comfortably, I, I, and I feel very strong at featherweight. So I'll uh, just keep it at this weight. Yeah, sounds like a good idea to be. In. And you mentioned Robert Whitaker, and actually, I was going to ask you because what's in the water over there, man? Because look, Australian MMA is looking more promising than ever. You got the champion Robert Whitaker. You got guys like yourself, Dan Kelly's in the top fifteen. Tyson Pedro. I mean, there's so many guys from Australia, New Zealand, killing it right now. I mean, what's uh, what's going on over there? Oh, it's just, you know, it was, it was always going to happen. You know, we've, I don't know, it's always been, obviously, in America, MMA and, you know, Brazil and all these, uh, uh, MMA's been so big for so long where, I don't know, it's always been big in Australia, sort of, but everyone's really starting to, to give it a go nowadays. And I just feel you're, you're starting to see these people that are starting young now. You know what I mean? They started training when they were, you know, you know, early teens or, you know, even before then. And you're just going to keep seeing them. You know what I mean? These people are training from young now where before it was, uh, you know, an athlete would be like, oh, yeah, I might just try some fighting and do that a couple of years and then they, they fought. Where now these people are training uh, martial arts their whole life and then getting into the sport. And it's just getting so big over here now. So you're going to just keep seeing them. Mate. Australia's a, there's a lot of talent in Australia right now. So I'm looking forward to see uh, – to seeing a few of them in the UFC and shooting through them ranks as well. How are you feeling about your career progression, man? Because look, you're 15 and one. You're on a massive win streak, two and zero in the UFC. It seems like everything's going according to plan, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm the. I wouldn't say I'm not. I'm not get, getting old or anything yet. But I mean, you know, we're in this. We're not in this sport for forever. You know what I mean? So I just, I want to shoot for these ranks. I want to do. You know, I'm trying to fight as regularly as I can, make as much money while I can. And you know, I want to I want to be champion, just like anyone else. So that's um, one of my goals for sure. So I'm just gonna, you know, that's why I want to rank the opponent. You know, I'm I'm sure Sean Shelby's gonna throw a couple of names. I'm hoping there's a, a name, you know, a decent name in there or a ranked opponent. Just like I said, I want things to speed up. You know, what I mean, if I start taking out these top guys, then 
that's when uh you know that's when the big fights come on the the money comes in and you know and that's how I can really build uh, my brand off of that Look, anyone that's been following your career knows that you're the kind of guy that'll fight anyone, anytime, any place. But if it were up to you, I mean, is there anyone specific that you want? Yeah, the, these top guys, yeah, I'd love any any of them to be honest with you. Whatever would put me, you know what I mean? That whatever's gonna get me a few steps forward. You get what I mean? So I'm I'm happy with with any. I think I can beat anyone in the division, to be honest with you. And I'm still new to this sport, so. You know, whoever they throw at me, I'll, I'll take it. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll just see. The bad boys, you know, I've been calling these bad boys out, but I don't know. I've got to, I've got to do a bit more research and see who's uh, who's really playing the bad guy so I can uh, start, uh, you know, biting at their ankles so they bite back. Obviously, you're aiming for that title. That's the end goal here. And right now, the champion in your weight class is Max Holloway, and he's taking on Frankie Edgar. It's such an incredible matchup. I mean, who do you give the edge to in that one? Man, oh, that's a it's going to be a tough fight. I think uh, Frankie Edgar. I, I, I love Frankie Edgar. He's uh, he puts a great pressure. You know, I love the, his style of fighting. It's it's similar to mine. Like where you know when I'm fit and I like to really put that that pressure on. So um, yeah, I think uh, Frankie Frankie can do it. And um, yeah, because I think. Uh, stylistically you know in the future i think even for me against a uh, max holloway i think i'd be a, a bad matchup for him too when uh, i have a couple of fights under under my belt but um yeah i'm definitely looking forward to watching that one but we'll see see what happens who do you think what do you, what do you reckon what's happening with that one honestly man i'm liking holloway and i'll tell you why and i'm a lifelong fan of frankie edgar i mean this is what when i saw him fight tyson griffin i was like one day this dude's gonna be champion how can you not root for a guy like frankie edgar i just feel like it's max holloway's time he you know like with a lot of guys like frankie edgar you know his base is wrestling you know a guy like wonderboy his base is karate but a guy like max holloway his base is mma and i think that the youth the length, I think that's going to be the difference. But there's only one way to find out. That's why we watch exactly the sport, right, right, Alex? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I just say, like I said, with uh, Frankie Edgar, he, he puts it all together pretty well as well. So it's not, you know, people just try and stri- uh, strike with uh, Max Holloway. Max usually ends up finding a good rhythm and starts picking them apart. Where I just think uh, Frankie's going to throw a lot more than just punches. There's going to be everything, you know, takedowns. You know, if he's stopping takedowns, back to punches, then shooting, just going to you know change that level, really keep uh, Max uh, thinking the whole time. And oh, I think uh, Frankie Edgar is going to land some uh, shots as well. But whether he can keep that pace up, because they're both really fit, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, Max, you know, if it gets in them later rounds, he usually just finds his rhythm and just really starts picking people apart. What do you think about Max versus Aldo? Yeah, that, yeah, that was an interesting one. I thought... Uh, I thought Aldo was looking all right at the start, but again, just started. Max just ends up finding a good rhythm, and then just yeah, found that shot. I didn't expect it to be a finish, to be honest with you. I thought in the later rounds, uh, Max was going to take away the decision, maybe, but I didn't um, didn't expect him to finish the fight, which uh, surprised me. Yeah, that was a very impressive performance. Well, Alex, before I let you go, man, I told the fans you were going to be on half the battle, and one thing they really wanted to know is. When's Alex Volkanovsky going to make his USA debut? Mate, we're pushing for it. We're pushing for it. I reckon it would have been, you know, this you know, my next fight if a, the if the Aussie card, UFC Sydney, wasn't on. I reckon I would have been on one of the 
um, USA cards. But definitely, that's definitely what we're pushing for. Uh, I'll get this fight out of the way, and then uh, I'll hopefully I'll see you over there. Yes, sir. Well, Alex, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. The fans can follow you at Alex Volkanovsky. Any message for the fans before we go? Yep. Make sure you tune in November 19th or November 18th for you guys, I think it is. Yeah, tune in because, uh, again, I'm always looking for that finish and you don't want to miss it. Alex, thanks again for the time and uh, best of luck in the next step. No worries at all. Thank you. Joining me now is lightweight prospect Brandon Longano. Brandon, welcome to Half the Battle. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me on the day that you got engaged, man. <laughs> Thank you very much, dude. I appreciate it. No problem. So, man, I mean, what's a bigger accomplishment? I mean, getting uh, back-to-back wins over the UFC vet and the Bellator vet or uh, marrying your best friend this very day? Getting engaged man. to your best friend. We didn't get married. We're engaged, but I don't. I don't want to answer this this incorrectly. <laughs> no, man, it's it's awesome to get back to back wins over these two uh, really tough guys. But uh, no, man, you can't put a price on uh, marrying your best friend and living happily ever after. Man, that's incredible. And dude, you know, ever since you had that one L as an amateur, I mean, dude, you just been taking off. You've been finishing all these guys left and right. I mean, what was it about that one fight that uh, led you to where you are now? Man, you know, it's you, you just you constantly think about things all the time. Uh, and when you lose, it's just it makes it even worse, you know. So there was a time period after that. Uh, I didn't know if I wanted to keep fighting or not. Warren Thompson put it in my head one day, man, either you do or either you don't. Uh, and I just kind of walked away from it for a little while. And I, I, I drove 18 wheelers with my dad for six months. And those six months, man, it was just it's a long time to think when you're sitting there driving anywhere from eight to 12 hours a day, you know? So I, once I made the commitment to come off of the truck and stop doing that and do MMA full time, like that was my, that was my goal. That was my commitment to myself and my family. And, uh, yeah, man, you just got to do it, dude. Just, you know, there's anything else in your life. You really, really want it that bad. You're just going to put one foot in front of the other. You're going to do the footwork and you're either going to get it done or you're not. That's all there is to it. So, I mean, ever since then, dude, you've been looking better than ever. Now, in your style, man, I mean, you're very tall for the weight class. You love beating up dudes in that clinch. How'd you develop that uh, very clinch-heavy attack? And when I say clinch-heavy, I'm not talking about boring the crowd to sleep. I'm talking about landing devastating knees. Uh, you know, I just feel like that's that's kind of natural, really, uh, with my fighting. And we didn't even really want to get in that exchange with Joe this fight at all. Um I wanted to stand and trade with him the whole fight. Um, but he kind of took me out of my game plan, man. The guy hits like he hits, like he looks like he hits, you know, he hits like he's got hands made out of concrete. So, um, he took me out of my game plan a little bit. You know, I wanted to strand, stand and trade shots with him, but, um, I don't know, man, I've been, I've been throwing knees in that clinch since my very first amateur fight. You know, it's, I'm, uh, I, I just, I, I like being there. I don't know. It's comfortable. It's natural. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I really noticed it in the Warren Smith fight. I mean, obviously you finished that fight and it was a very effective weapon there, but here at, at center stage, it kind of showed, like you said, you wanted to go in there and stand and bang with the guy, but then you ended up falling back on those devastating knees. So, I mean, what is it about that, man? I don't know. For the Warren Smith fight, we wanted to kind of go there because I knew that guy was going to hit hard. He hit every every bit as hard as I thought he was going to. Um, 
You know, Byron Bloodworth, man, the guy the guy shows up every single day and makes me better every single day, man. And, uh, you know, we, we work a lot of clinch, you know. I'm, I've been working with Luke Neeland a little bit in the gym lately, and uh, same thing, man, lots of clinch. I, I don't know. It just comes natural, man. It's, it's, it's easy. It's an easy go-to for me. So, man, you're really early into your career, but you've already accomplished some big things. Like I mentioned earlier on the show, you're coming off wins over a UFC vet, a Bellator vet. You're managed by the same person that manages the UFC featherweight champion, Max Holloway. I mean, how are you able to kind of, you know, take things at the right pace this early in your career? Uh, do or don't, man. That's really all there is to it. This is not a long the, – the, the longevity of a, a fighter's – career is not it's, it's not a thing really you know just the the opportunities and your windows of opportunity are super short so when the you know i don't pick and choose fights you know when they call uh, and ask you hey you want to fight clay harvison yes i want to fight clay harvison because he has fought in the ufc before and that's where i want to go hey do you want to fight joe elmore because he's been in bellator and that's a place you know where i would like to potentially go um as far as being with uh, Sucker Punch Entertainment, Byron Bloodworth, my my main coach, he got with Sucker Punch Entertainment early on, and uh, and their their infancy as a company, and um, being just just being in the right place at the right time with the right people, man. If, if it wasn't for Byron, if I never would have met him, I never a would have had any of these fights. Um, but it, it, he's the the sole reason I'm with Sucker Punch Entertainment. Um, right now so you just it's it's word of mouth it's like anything else in life if you want to get ahead it helps if you know people you know to kind of steer you in those right directions and and whatnot so what does it do for your confidence getting those kind of wins this early in your career man because i know that you watch these guys as professionals when you were an amateur oh it's crazy it's all it's all mind-blowing um five fights five pro fights and in this this past year alone and uh yeah, it's mind blowing, man. It's I, I never. Those are the things you think about as a, as an amateur. That's the whole point of your amateur career. Can I can I deal with all of the true grit and grime and, and tough it out and, and hopefully get there? Um, so yeah, when you get there, man, it's 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 pretty awesome, dude. And you know, it, it's it says a lot. A lot of guys that you know these both of these guys have beat that I look up to that I just never would even dream of of being able to share the cage with. So. You know, yeah, no, it's it's awesome, man. It's a great feeling, dude. So I want to talk about your only professional loss, and I don't bring it up to be a dick. I bring it up because it shows that you're the kind of guy that's super mentally strong. You can overcome adversity, and since then, you're coming off the two biggest wins of your career. What went through your mind mentally, you know, the days, the weeks, the months after your only professional defeat? Oh, man, it sucked, dude. It was it, The way that it happened, uh, just, you know, he went out there and took – took care of business quick so i don't want to you know it's a it's a fight obviously it's on my record but man i threw one little kick he capitalized on it it was a 20 second fight man so i don't even know if if you can count that but it's you know i had a friend tell me that you don't really lose anything in there man You, you lose a fight you don't lose anything else you know and it's all really how you want to deal with it it's all it all depends on how big your ego is at the end of the day yeah you lost a fight but everything else in your life stays the exact same so uh, we didn't take too much time off um the fight that fight that happened in march and and i um was ready to i think i agreed to fight clay in may so 
I was, I mean, I, I took no damage, obviously, because I got put to sleep in 21 seconds, I think it was. But it was right back to the drawing board, man. I was literally, um, I don't think I went to sleep at all that night. And I was in the gym on the treadmill literally at like 8 o'clock in the morning the next morning. So I didn't want to, I just wasn't going to sit and dwell on it. And, you know, this is fighting. So uh, more losses are going to happen, let's be real. You know, that's, that's just the way it goes. Um, but you just can't dwell. Uh, I think Conor McGregor said it. You can't dwell in the past or else you'll live there. And I'm not trying to live there. This rematching him goes, you know, um, that would be great. I know he's injured right now, so I'm not going to say anything dirty. I'm not going to undermine him at all. You know, I know uh, his camp has publicly said a few times that he's injured. I think I've proven myself um, to his camp. His coach came out and said, yeah, that fight would be great. If Wes is healthy, they could run it back, you know, um, but I got to wait for him to be healthy. You know what I mean? And if the stars ever align again, I would take that fight in a heartbeat, man. Absolutely. So, I mean, is that what's next for you, or are you looking to get on the Contender Series? I mean, what, what do you think's next for Brandon Longana? Ah, man, the Contender Series would be amazing. Uh, any short replacement fight for, you know, a big a big name would be amazing. I told my manager, you know, uh, just give me until my wedding date, which is just right around the corner. Um, let me get through that before I take any short notice just so I can keep, you know, uh, happy wife, happy life. Um, <laughs> but but after that, man, I'm game for anything. If, if Leslie Barnes is what's up, if that's next, then hell yeah. If the contender series call, man, like I said, I don't pick and choose. Um, you know, my manager calls um, Byron. Byron calls me. We talk about it. It's, it's really cut and dry, man. And I haven't said no out of anybody yet. So, you know, they, they call, they ask, I, give them the answer and that's that's pretty much it man so which, whichever way they could go a thousand ways man whichever one they say go to that's where i'll go yeah i know you're the kind of guy that'll fight anyone anytime any place but when you look at your career progression i mean do you think you're ready to to swim with the sharks at 155 pounds in the ufc man the greatest thing that could happen i think there's a fight card like december 2nd in detroit or something like that if one of those guys could get injured and my manager calls me and asks me for a uh, early replacement. I would so I'm there, dude, 100%. Man, that would be an incredible opportunity. I hope you get it. And real quick, man, your nickname, Behemoth. You a big heavy metal fan or what? Dude, I'm a huge heavy metal fan. I got Behemoth tattooed across my stomach when I was like 19, like an idiot. And it just kind of <laughs> sat there. And I'm a huge fan of death metal. Behemoth is death metal band. If anybody out there listening, take note. Check them out. They're amazing. They're from Poland. Uh, but yeah, big big metal fan. Um, have been you know since I was like twelve years old, man. That's what's up, man. Yeah, a lot of people might not know about uh, the band Behemoth. I know exactly who they are. They actually took my brother's old band out on tour back uh back in the Ozfest days, bro. My band, my brother was in a band called Doth, and they opened for Behemoth. It was pretty cool. Hell yes, dude. That's that's impressive, man. I I played in music for a little bit. I never. I uh, never got to achieve something that awesome, but uh, you know, I got to meet the lead singer a couple times. Uh, we've we've talked once or twice on social media. You know, he knows who I am. I know who he is. So, uh, yeah, huge fan, man. It's uh, it's pretty honored whenever that guy gave me a shout out on uh on the inter- interwebs. There, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty badass. They know about you. Oh man, I was I was freaking out for sure. That one that that one was cool, man. I was stoked for that. So hey, so do you know if he's doing better? Uh, yeah, man, he's been, um, he, he's survived, I think it was bone marrow cancers. Uh, I know a fan from wherever out in the world 
matched bone marrow transplant and took it. And yeah, he, he was, you know, in the hospital for however long. He, yeah, I mean, they've came out and made an album since then. They've toured a whole bunch of stuff since then, man. So yeah, it's pretty incredible. You know, a guy gets diagnosed with a terminally ill cancer and he, he conquers it, man. Conquer all. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That, that's uh, that's the sign of a world champion. Now, Brandon, before I let you go, man, I can't let you go without a couple fight predictions. So, GSB is taking on Bisming. I mean, look, GSB hasn't fought in about four years. He's moving up a weight class, and he's taking on the champion, Michael Bisming. Who, who do you think is going to take that one? I think Michael Bisping is just going to rag Dolan for five rounds, dude. Michael Bisping, unanimous decision. He just beats the crap out of GSP for five rounds. Because he's not going to quit. He's not a quitter. But I think he's been gone too long. And he's coming up a weight class. Michael Bisping is the guy, man. He's, you know, season two. I'm pretty sure the ultimate fighter, he's never he's never said, I need to take a break. I need to go away for a little while. You know what I mean? Like, that guy's that guy's been in it to win it since day one. And I, I think he takes it. Yeah, Bisping's as tough as they come. Well, in your division, it hasn't officially been announced but we all know it's going to be Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson for the lightweight title. I mean, who do you think is going to walk away the number one lightweight on planet Earth? Uh, I'd like to see uh, Tony Ferguson take him to the ground and wrap him up in some funky 10th planet stuff, man. I think that would just be that would be awesome. Nothing against Conor McGregor, but I would like to see Tony Ferguson uh, win that unified strap for sure. You think he can avoid the big left? Man, that's a big one. That's, that's the... Uh, that's the one you got to watch out for. I, if, if, if it gets out of the first round, yeah, I think so. That's a good point. And last but not least, the champion Max Holloway is defending his belt against Frankie the Answer, Edgar the Legend. I mean, it's one of the best featherweight fights of all time. You, you thinking the champ's retaining his belt here? Sucker Punch Entertainment, number one, conquer all. I think he takes out Frankie Edgar in the second round just like he did uh, Jose Aldo. Awesome. Well, Brandon, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Congrats again on the engagement and the victory. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and any message for the fans. Go ahead, bro. Uh, I think my Instagram is BML1987. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at Behemoth87, I believe is my my little name on there. And, uh, yeah, no, just thanks for tuning in, man. You guys keep your ears, eyes and ears open, man. I'll be, I'll be taking a fight before the year is over with probably. And, you know, do you be happy. Life is good. Yes, sir. Brandon, thanks again for the time and best of luck in the next step, man. Thank you very much, man. Joining me now is bantamweight prospect Damian Whitehead. Damian, welcome back to Half the Battle. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, the pleasure's all mine. So, dude, you're coming off the biggest win in your career. And, you know, you told me the entire theme of this whole fight camp was redemption. You know, your last fight, it didn't go your way. You got caught. With a lot of fighters, you know, they might quit the sport. They might say it's not for them. For you, you put your head down. You grinded. You came back with the biggest win in your career. I mean, do you feel vindicated? Uh, yeah, man. Um, especially coming off the type of loss I had, you know, um, for those listening that you know, don't know. I was TKO'd in 12 seconds, first time in training, first time in as long as I've been fighting um, that I've ever been hit like that. It's the first time I've ever been finished in, I mean, period. You know, I've, I've never really been dropped before, so that was definitely a mental toll on me. You know, it took me a couple of days to get my mind back right. It took me a couple of weeks to get my confidence back up. So going into that fight, taking a few hits, yeah. Um, you know, and just put on the performance that I put on, you know, it, 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 I felt great afterwards. 
So, I mean, man, what were the nerves like going into that fight? Because, look, I saw you a couple weeks before. You were in the best shape of your life. But that's physically speaking. What was it like mentally leading up to the fight? Man, I trained so hard for that fight. There was I, – I felt almost no nerves, man. It was crazy. Um, I've only felt that feeling one time, and that was from my, before my first fight. And just going in there, I was super relaxed. Um I, I just knew at, at this point the training would pay off. You know, I just put my, my faith in my coaches. Uh, I knew they taught me the right things. And I knew if I just executed exactly what they taught me, you know, that, that was it. Look, you've dominated three of your four fights. But for your one real loss against Nicholas Torrance, I mean, could you tell who really had your back after a fight like that? Yeah, man, um, I, I could. Uh, it comes from all across Atlanta. Um, and even stretches down to Florida to my old gyms. Um, you know, you really realize who your who your real teammates are. You really realize who your real fans are, who your real friends are. Um, I've had people from ATT Atlanta, ATT Gwinnett, um, over at Team Octopus, over at X3, here at Knuckle Up, back down to Reflex MMA down in Florida, American Top Team Coconut Creek. Uh, all those guys reached out to me after my fight, man, and, you know, it uh, – it was really cool having the support that I had. Um, I mean, obviously, you have some people that, you know, kind of fell off the whole bandwagon. You know, I'd come off a dominant performance in March and then fought Nicholas Torrance and, uh, in June. And, you know, those guys that were kind of following the bandwagon, you know, about the guy that's up and coming, those guys fell off. But that's cool. Um, I, I saw who my real supporters are, who my real fans are, who my real friends are. So that was great. So after the first round of your last fight with Mohamed Sadiq, you know, you look the best you've ever looked. The leg kicks are on point. You're landing that right hand at will. When you go to sit, you know, on the stool in the corner between rounds, I mean, what was going through your mind? Like, hey, man, I got this? Yeah, so after the first round, um, me and my coach have a thing where they don't like me to sit down. Um, so I go over, to the, go over to my corner, start talking to my coaches, and I'm just like all smiles, and I'm like, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. It was just... My strikes were landing, and um, I mean, he was landing some too. Uh, but you know, when I wanted to land, I was almost landing everything I threw. I was like, I just really have to be careful for the takedown. And I mean, his, his takedown was surprisingly fast in that first round. You know, uh, his, his takedown in the second round was really good. His takedown in the third round was really good. Uh, he came in with a really good game plan. He has a fantastic coaching over at uh, Iron Clutch uh, with Byron and Luke. So uh, they're a fantastic team over there as well. But, man, I was all smiles exiting out of the first round. I was super confident. Even going to the second round, even after he took my back, I was still all smiles, all confidence. You know, it was, I don't know. There was just nothing that could break me at that point. After you've been at the most embarrassing level that you can hit, uh, in my opinion, um, you know, being knocked out or TKO'd in 12 seconds, you know, um, I mean, there's not much a guy's going to do to you if you make it up the first round, if you make it up the second round. There's not much more embarrassing that happens so yeah you know that's a, that's a very good point and i was going to ask you because look even though you had the most dominating performance of your career it was still a fight you know it's not like this guy was a pushover and in the second round he was able to take you down he took your back i mean you had to overcome some adversity in that fight now you just basically answer my question by saying that look you were still full of confidence even when he had your back but damien what was that exact moment what was going through your head was it at all like not this again, or was it like, you're not beating me tonight? I, I was at that mindset. He, he wasn't beating me tonight. I, told, I even told my coaches in between the second and the third round after he took my back, I was like, he was going to have to choke me out if he got a choke in. I wasn't tapping. Um, I, I, at that point, I just refused. I already been TKO'd, you know? Like, 
what's being choked out compared to that. So that was, I mean, there was no way, there was no way I was tapping out to that, but I tried to stay as calm as possible, uh, control the wrist and just, you know, just relax and wait for my time. Do you feel like it's almost a blessing in disguise that, you know, you had such a bad loss? And let me preface that by saying that you've been through the worst already. So do you almost feel a sense of freedom in there that now you know what the worst is like and it's not really even that bad? Yeah, man, it's that's 100% the truth. Um, like you said, um, I've dominated pretty much three out of four of my fights. Um, you know, Nicholas Torrance TKO'd me in 12 seconds. So that was the worst loss of my life. Um, in my first fight, you know, I was dominating the fight for basically all three rounds and then got caught in armbar with like 30 seconds left. So, I mean, you know, I've been through two pretty crappy losses there. You know, like I know, I know what it's like to have it all and then lose it all. And I know what it's like to never, ever have an edge and literally get finished quicker than almost anyone on the card. So it's, I've been through both ends and you know, the, the whole theme of this is, uh, you know, put your head down, grind to the next one, and bounce back. You know, bounce back better than you were before. It's not about the wins. It's not about the losses. It's about your learning experience, especially for me, man. I'm an amateur. Um, you know, it's, it's all about the learning process, all about, you know, getting better each fight, never staying complacent in your skill set. Um, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just a growth for me. And day by day, I'm just growing as a martial artist, growing as a fighter, growing as a human being, growing as a man, uh, growing as a coach. So every day I'm just learning little by little. So where do you go from here, man? Um, from here, I'm taking the rest of this year off, actually. Um, you know, hang out with family, um, see my friends, uh, hang out with my friends a little bit for November, December. Um, you know, obviously still train, get back to the drawing board, um, talk to my coaches, figure out all my mistakes from this last fight. And uh, hopefully in 2018, um, I saw Jesse put a post on there for me versus Oscar. I think me and his styles contrast like beautifully i think we put on an amazing fight i think everyone would love the fight um these past couple months i've become more of a striker than a grappler well he'll make me become a grappler over a striker so i think i think that's a good learning experience for both of us you know can my striking stop his takedowns can his takedown stop my striking let's get it done um if not oscar then you know i'll fight anyone in the nfc at the 135 pound division outside of my brother obviously um, i'll go down to florida and fight for xfn i'll go to tennessee and fight for valor and that's why I'm just trying to grow, man, trying to get my name out there, um, trying to be known by the time I go pro. So. so you told me the theme of this camp is redemption. And now that you've redeemed yourself, what would you tell people about overcoming adversity, not just in the cage, but, you know, if they have things going on in their lives and it seems like it couldn't get any worse, you know, what would you tell them about never giving up? Um, so let, let me tell you guys, man, I uh, the month of June – was one of the toughest months of my life, um, you know, between just the personal issues that I had going on and then leading into that 12-second TKO, um, between both, you know, to, to bounce back the way I did, all, all I did was I put my focus on one thing, you know, it, um, every day I thought, I was like, it can't get worse than it already is, um, and, you know, just look forward, you know, never look back, don't think about the old mistakes, just look forward. Think about what can be positive. Think about where you can make it positive. If work is the only thing making your life positive right now, then guess what? Grind at work. You know, make work your best place. If the gym is what's making you happy, then grind at the gym and make it your best place. It's just finding your happy place in life, man, and uh, enjoying every single moment of it. And don't let don't let those uh, don't let those negative things in your life slow you down or set you off track. 
Now, earlier in the interview, you mentioned your brother, and he actually went out there and defeated Josh Mayer. You mentioned how you were dominating Josh Mayer. He caught you with a Hail Mary armbar with 30 seconds left in the fight. Your brother went out there and 30-27 him. Did you at all feel, you know, a sense of pride seeing, you know, a whitehead go out there and get a win over a tough guy like Mayer? Yeah, man. Uh, it was it was great. Uh, it was great going out there and watch my brother win that fight. Um, Josh improved so much, man. So I was even better for my brother, you know. Um, it was a completely different Josh that fought me completely different person he didn't look exactly the same um i've been watching for a couple months now and i feel like for all his fights look the same but for this fight he he improved drastically and for my brother to still go out there and win that fight yeah i mean it, it meant the world to me um i know it meant the world to my brother to start off his amateur career for no uh i know he wanted to fight josh because josh beat me so yeah you know it's uh it just comes to show man like you know and, and as far as josh goes like no matter no matter where you start, you know, like you could always improve, um, you know. And for my brother, he, no matter what happens, like you can always, always, always find some way to win. Because that was a tough fight. They went toe to toe for nine whole minutes. You know, they went toe to toe all three rounds. So, absolutely, they did. So, man, do you ever want to run it back with Josh Mayer, or do you kind of feel like you know that's in the past and you've moved on? Yeah, I, I look at all my all my old fights as in the past. Um, if anything happens to where we have to fight again, sure. Uh, but I'm not dwell. I don't dwell on any losses. Uh, like I said, I just look toward the future. I look towards you know the next opponent. I don't ever look back and like, man, like you know, like my first amateur loss was against Josh Merrill. Like I have to fight him again. Like now it's it's cool. Um, he beat me. He was the uh, he had a better game plan that night. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, right now I'm yeah. No shots at Josh Mayer, but right now I'm 2-1 at 135. Um, he has one win, and it's against me. But, you know, I, you know I'm 2-1 at 135. Uh, I'm trying to build my name up. If I fought Josh again, I beat Josh, then what does that do? That just puts a rubber match in there, and I fought the same guy three times as an amateur, which doesn't really mean anything. You know, if we fight again, I want to fight him at the top. I want to fight the best Josh that's out there. And that way, if I beat him, it's like, yes, I beat the best Josh that's out there. I don't want to beat Josh right now, and he's still learning and still improving. I want to beat the best Josh that's out there. Um, I have nothing but love for the guy, so I want him to be the absolute best, and then then I'll fight him. And then, you know, be the two best of us fighting, and then let's see who wins, you know? It sounds like you're more focused than ever, man. I mean, how far are you looking to take this? Uh, I'm trying to make it all the way to the top, man. Um, trying to make it all the way to the top. Uh, whether it be at flyweight or bantamweight, or if I bulked up a little bit, I went to featherweight. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm willing to take it wherever I can get it. Um, I'm, I, I will be in the UFC one day, hopefully soon. Um, hopefully in the next couple of years. Uh, you know, I, I will be in the UFC soon. And, you know, that's the, I'm trying to take it all the way to the top. I'm trying to make this my career. So. And how do you feel about your career progression, man? Because from your debut to now in your fourth fight, I mean, it's a completely different guy. Yeah, <laughs> I learned how to throw a jab and throw some straight punches. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm just growing day by day, man. Um, every day I work on my striking. Um, you know, that fight taught me a lot. I abandoned my wrestling, and guess what? I got taken down at will every time he shot, except for the last time he took me down. So that just tells me now I need to go back to the drawing board. I need to work on my wrestling every day. You know, I'm trying to just improve of what I was last fight. I never want to go out there and be the same exact as I was the fight before. Um you know, and so it's, that, that's all it is for me. It's evolving as a fighter every single time I step out there. Well, Damon, you know I can't let you go without a couple fight predictions. I mean, this is half the battle, and GSP is taking on Bisbing. 
Two legends of the sport, man. I mean, who do you give the edge to? Because, look, GSP has been gone for four years. He's stepping up a weight class, and he's taking on the champ, Bisbing. I, I don't see Bisbing beating GSP. GSP is known for knowing how to win. Whether, whether he gets beat up in the fight or doesn't get beat up in the fight, he wins. And uh, that's all it comes down to. At the end of the day, it's going to be winning. Um, I don't think uh, Michael Bisping's wrestling is good enough to stop GSP's wrestling. I, I, I just see GSP winning 100%. I don't see any flaws in his game, uh, at least from four years ago. And, I mean, if he's even been touching up on training, even a little bit, if he's half the person he was back then, he'll be just fine in that fight. You're a bantamweight, and at the very highest level of the bantamweight division, Cody Garbrandt's defending his belt against TJ Dillashaw. I mean, who do you think is going to walk away as the number one 135-pounder on planet Earth that night? Those are my two absolute favorite bantamweights active right now, currently. Um, it depends on the fight goes, man. Uh, if TJ can establish his range... He has a little bit of a longer reach. He has about a 69-inch reach, and Cody has, I believe, 65, 66-inch reach. If TJ can establish his reach a little bit and keep it out of range and keep Cody out of boxing range, TJ has a very good shot. But if Cody gets inside, man, he's a dangerous motherfucker, man. He's dangerous. He He's, he's hit people harder than I hit pretty freaking hard, and he's hit people harder than I can imagine hitting somebody. So I don't know, man. That's, that's going to be a good fight. Um, I think it's going to come down to coaching. Um, I think if I had to make a prediction, I would say probably TJ Dillashaw decision. I don't see TJ finishing Cody. Um, and I think TJ's experience against Hennon Burrell and his five rounds against Dominic Cruz and just the fact that he's been to UFC a little bit longer and has more title fights. I think that will help him out just a little bit more as far as the uh, composure goes. Uh, Cody was able to get into Dominic's head. I don't think he's going to be getting into TJ's head as easily. Um, so I, I do think if TJ wins, it's by decision. Oh, wow. So you think there's going to be a new champion? I, I think so, man. I, I, and I, I love Cody Garbrandt, man. But I, I think as smart as I know Dwayne is, he's a good friend of, you know, an old coach of mine. And as smart as of a coach as Dwayne is, he's not going to let TJ go in there and get in any type of brawling situations with Cody. They're not, they're not dumb. They respect Cody as a fighter, whether or not they like him as a person is completely different, but they're, they're going to know, you know, Cody's out there in mean business. He's going to go in there. If he hits you, he's going to knock you out. It's as simple as that. They will devise a game plan to, uh, to just kind of eliminate the knockout threat at least. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, Cody, Cody's tough, man. He's Like I said, he's probably my number two favorite band weight right behind TJ. And it's it's going to be a really good fight. But I just I just see TJ winning by decision. I don't, I, don't see any, I don't see him finishing Cody. But I do see him winning by decision. And last but not least, just because it just got announced and it's in your weight class, Dominic Cruz is taking on Jimmy Rivera. You know the winner's going to get a title shot after this. I mean, who do you think is going to emerge the number one contender? Um, I can never vote against Dominic Cruz, man. I think the only fights I've ever voted against Dominic Cruz is the Cody Garbrandt fight and the TJ Dillashaw fight. Um, but it's hard. It's really hard to vote against Dominic Cruz. I love Jimmy Rivera. Um, great, great fighter. But uh, Dominic Cruz, in my opinion, at least, has the judges already on his side. He's the only fighter I know that can back up. And it'll be looked at as he's controlling the ring because that's how he fights. Um, because of that, I don't. I just don't. I, I would never 
I mean, it's very rare that I'd give anyone the edge over Dominic Cruz. So I'm going to have to pick Dominic Cruz. And we all know Dominic Cruz is a finisher, so I'm going to go by Dominic Cruz by decision. Well, Damian, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been an absolute pleasure. Man, I mean, redemption. You said what you were going to do, and you went out there, and you did it. Congrats, man. Let the fans know where they can follow you and any message for them. Go ahead. Hey, man, thank you once again for having me on there. Uh, I want to make a shout-out to my little brother, Jamar Whitehead, for his uh, amazing performance that uh, that Friday night. Also, my teammate, Diego Bautista. Um, my teammate, Chaz Walton, he's fighting for the Titan um, belt in November. Um, you know, shout-out to all my coaches, past, present, um, doesn't matter. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at BabyFaceMMA, um, on Instagram at Damian underscore Whitehead, or on Facebook, you just follow me at Damian Whitehead. Uh, that's it, man. Thank you once again for having me on. You got it, brother. Uh, thanks again for the time, and best of luck in the next step, man. Thank you, man. There you have it, folks. Cody Stamen, Alex Volkanovsky, Brandon Longano, and Damian Whitehead. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Follow Shaq at MMAGenius05. We already put out our UFC Danks poll and breakdown, so go back and check that out. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.